If there was ever a pastor that uh, caused uh, Circleback Saki, Kareem Jean-Pierre, and Joe Biden to scream Christian nationalist and quote the greatest and most extreme threat to freedom and democracy, um, I don't know if, the, if I've met one more than Landon Schott, uh, the planting pastor of Mercy Culture Church in Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, this church is one of the more culturally and politically engaged churches uh, and with pastoral leadership that I've ever seen. And in, in our kind of crazy out of control moment right now, <laughs> I thought it would be really awesome and a blessing to you guys to hear from Pastor Landon uh, Schott on exactly how the Lord has used Mercy Culture Church in these last four years to promote righteousness in the public square and to be like Jeremiah and to actually demand it actually says to demand the welfare of the city where you're in exile. So buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. We want to thank our sponsor of Unaborted here. That is Every Life Diapers. This is America's pro-life diaper company. Did you guys know? I, I've, I've been telling you this, but like you gotta, you gotta tell all your friends about that. This. this is crazy. Every major diaper company in America, all eight of them, either financially support or rhetorically support the abortion industry. Some of them were putting out ads when Roe v. Wade got overturned, offering to pay for their employees to like fly to states where abortion was more accessible to kill their children. That's a weird la-la land stuff right there. Pro-life diaper company, Every Life. The only pro-life diaper company in America. And guess what? They give a portion of their profits back to pro-life ministries like ours at the White Rose Resistance and pregnancy resource centers all around America. Listen, you can't defeat a culture of death by funding a culture of death. If you want to build a culture of life, you've got to fund that culture of life and be a steward of the of the funds God's given you. So you use code SETH10. That's SETH. 10, you get 10% off your first order. Let them know that we sent you uh, and you're supporting our ministry and you're funding a culture of life. Promo code Seth10, everylife.com, everylife.com, everylife. The only pro-life diaper company in America. Pastor Landon, thank you, brother. Thanks for joining it's us. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's an amazing growing network of, I, I guess we'd call it the remnant or, you know, but people who are engaged in, in these times when for so many years, uh, Christians who were engaged in the culture, uh, very frustrated when they couldn't find churches that would get behind them yeah. for what God had called them to do in the public. Not, yeah. ju not just in Bible studies, praise God, not just in discipleship, but actually like in, in the public. The, oh, well, we don't touch that. We don't talk about that here at our church. We just, uh, you know, Andy Stanley told me and Rick Warren told me, you know, just preach the gospel. But the last three years have kind of forced many pastors into speaking and being bold. And and some pastors have repented and said, I, I really screwed the pooch in 2020. And so there's there's this like new kind of awakening maybe starting to happen uh, that I see of like, of this new hunger for engagement and mobilization and awakening. And so I got exposed to you through my pastor, Rob McCoy, which of course we're here for the Turning Point Faith Pastor Love Summit. Pastor Rob. He's, he's and he co-founded it with Charlie. Yeah. And that's how I, I first learned about you. So anyways, uh, Pastor Landon, th thanks for joining us and for coming out to San Diego for this and for sitting down with me. I appreciate it. He's awesome. <laughs> so um, tell us about Mercy Culture Church. I, I, I recommend everyone go follow Pastor Landon and Mercy Culture Church on, on social media. But you planted the church, you just told me, uh, like 
just a little bit before the scamdemic shutdowns. Yeah, 10 months. So before. start telling us the story of your church and, so and I was what God's a, been doing. I was an evangelist for years, had no interest in planting a church, love God, love the move of the Spirit, love people getting saved, uh, set free, delivered. I just don't like drama. I don't like politics. Um, sure. I, I just don't want that stuff. And so um, I was evangelist living in Austin, traveling full time. Life was good and uh, heard the audible voice of the Lord tell me to plant this church. And so I uh, did a 40-day fast, said yes to the Lord, obeyed God, moved to a church I've never been to, or excuse me, moved to a city, never been to, didn't know anyone there, uh, and planted the church. And uh, God blessed it. Wow. And uh, eight months in, we are able to buy uh, a radical building. It's about a $40 million property, 190,000 square feet, 17 and a half acres on the freeway. We bought it for $4.5 million. Wow. Uh, that was eight months into a church plant. <laughs> and the church just grew I mean, exponentially. And then two months later, a global pandemic, pandemic, you said scamdemic, yeah. uh, took place. And uh, so we're 10 months old church plant. There's no one in the world to call. No one's been through a global pandemic. I'm on the phone with 800 pastors, President Trump at the time, and their pastors from all, the, all over the country are talking about their plans and what they're doing. Huh. And no one had a straight answer. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, this is the Wild West. Like, like no one's gonna lead. And then I'm looking wow. around and it's almost like what pastor can shut down their church the soonest, the fastest, the longest. Goodness. And it just didn't feel right. And I don't see a biblical example of the disciples not doing ministry, Jesus not doing ministry, Paul shutting it down because someone had leprosy or disease or a sickness of some sort. In fact, I see the opposite with scripture, that they're the Marines running into hard places, six places, the gates of hell won't prevail. Yeah, right. So none of this makes sense. And so uh, President Trump asked everybody to do two weeks. I personally believe that he's for churches, for freedom of speech, for freedom of religion. So we did the two weeks that he asked us for. And then after that, we're like, no, no, game on. Like you can, yeah. you can sue us. You can, you can uh, do whatever you want, fine us. But we just said, we're gonna have a church. And our church just wow. exploded. So you went fully back to normal after two weeks. We went full on. You said nothing. We just said, we're in Texas and, wow. and come and get us. You know? Wait, so you like let people make their decisions? Like if they wanted to come worship? Or... It's wild, right? <laughs> and, and then a, month, a couple of months go by and I mean, we're, we're like jam packed. It's a 2000 seat sanctuary. We have multiple services. So I started calling other pastors in the city. I was like, hey, your members are coming to my church. Why aren't you open? <laughs> and I was like, how many people have died in your church? None. How many are sick? None. So what are you doing? And then they just started opening up a left and right too. Oh, come on. And so that was like our, how we started the church. And we just prayed and we asked the Lord what we're supposed to do. And I felt like the Lord say, have church for me. And so church is his, it's for him. And uh, no one should be able to tell us what to do with our church. And it doesn't make sense that weed shops, strip clubs, liquor stores, uh, and Walmart. And abortion clinics. And abortion clinics, there you go, are all open, but churches can't be. And so we just said, we're not doing that. Wow. So take us from there. So, so you're, this, never, is, this I, was, uh, this, so this was what, April, 2020. Yeah. So, um, so we're, yeah, we're into summer of 2020 and, um, again, my background is I never wanted a pastor. Okay. So I love God. I okay. love people. And my, my life's goal is to please the Lord. Hmm. So Ephesians five ten says, find out what pleases the Lord. And so it's just like this inner drive in me, whatever he wants. I kind of look at myself as um, if God was King David and I was one of David's mighty men, whatever he says, the water he wants near the well he wants, whatever he wants, I will risk my life to go get. And so when God prompts something on our hearts, we just do what he says. 
And so then the Lord spoke to us and uh, told us one of our elders, uh, my best friend, his guy named Steve Panate, uh, to run for mayor. So this is a, a real estate mogul brokerage, uh, owns his own brokerage, <laughs> no history in politics whatsoever, and uh, got 11% of the vote. The, the, the mayor who won got 22%, and this no-name guy with his church behind him got put on the map. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're in newspapers and tabloids and front page. And uh, at his um, election party, I was sitting in the back and I felt the Lord say, go after every seat, every mm -hmm. seat in city council, every seat in the school board, just go after them all. And so I started calling other pastors in, in the city and saying, hey guys, we, we could take the city. Yeah, Literally, yeah. We, can, we can flip elections. We can take, we could take our city back. So good. And so we just started doing it seat by seat, county judge getting elected, state representatives getting elected, school boards, um, wow. all these different seats. So I, I think up to date, it's a little over 40 different um, political seats wow. that our church and our group, we call it For Liberty and Justice, it's its own nonprofit, but it's a group of churches get behind. Come on. I got Washington Post coming out, staying for two weeks, doing hit pieces <laughs> on us. Every other week, well, I'm bro. in the news nonstop. Front page articles, pastor defies IRS, breaks the law, my picture's <laughs> on the front, like just nonstop. And I learned something in this. I really truly feel that the enemy, the devil, could care less how big our churches are, mm -hmm. as long as we coward and stay in them. Yep. Whoa. And the moment we come out and our church doesn't exist to exist anymore, that's my biggest problem with churches, is they exist to exist. They're about a Sunday morning service, enough people coming to pay the bills and just survive instead of doing something worth doing something. Wow. Um, and so wow. I'm pretty passionate about it because I don't I don't understand what what is the purpose of the influence that we have mm -hmm. as pastors and leaders if we don't use it. Yeah. What does it matter? I don't prefer the word mega, but whatever. Like, what what does it matter if you have a mega church or a mega ministry if you're not using the influence that God gave you? Because one Stewarding. day, Matthew 25, one day we will stand before the Lord and we will steward the influence that we have. Wow. I was talking with another mega church pastor and he wanted to come see our building and hear our story and how this all happened, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, what, what's, what's it like? What's it feel like to be attacked all the time? I'm like, feels like I follow Jesus. Like it feels like the Beatitudes, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, say all kinds yeah. of evil things about you that because burns. of me. Yeah. And I just said to him, I said, you got daughters? And he's like, oh yeah, I got four. And I said, um, what would you do if, uh, if a man tried to violate them? He said, I would, I would try not to kill someone. And I said, how come you don't feel that way about the daughters in your city? Whoa. Why, do you, why do you not care about the, the young ones that have no one to defend them? Yep. And so if we're going to pastor. Because of policies. Or we're going to shepherd. Yeah. Exactly. If we're, if we're going to lead in our city, there's not a better way outside of preaching the gospel. That's our first and primary responsibility. So everyone freaking out about pastors should preach the gospel. Yes, we do it all the time. That's what I do every week. 75 people got saved last week. We do that. Okay. <laughs> but after that, there's another, if you Sabbath, you got another five days of the week. So what are you doing in those five days? Yeah. to influence your city. Right. And there's no greater way than bringing a godly government and godly leadership that impacts every part of your city. Yeah, but but Landon, come on now. Johnson Amendment, okay? I love There's, this one. Okay, you're, 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 Rick Warren and Ed Stetzer are very upset with you, Landon. Naughty, naughty, Landon. You're a dominionist. You, you misunderstood our founding documents uh, where it's about the neutral public square 
Okay, we got to let we live and let live, preach the gospel. But um, what you know, why should your Christian worldview be enforced onto the rest of the society? Um, you you you've abdicated your great commission duties to a political party. That's what we hear. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, John the Baptist called out the king for sleeping with his uh, someone that wasn't his spouse. And um, over and over, we see men of God that are leading people spiritually, but they're also leading in righteousness in their land. Mm-hmm. Proverbs says that when the, the righteous rule, the city rejoices. And so we have a duty and responsibility to lead with righteousness and godliness in our cities, in our sphere of influences. And so I just adamantly disagree with the pastors that sit out uh, again, preach the gospel. Um, we had 300 people get baptized two weeks ago uh, wow. in, in our parking lot of our church. 311 in one Sunday get water baptized. So all those things that the other guys are saying that we should focus on, like we are doing those things. But <laughs> yeah. then we're, we're only preaching during services or baptizing during services, and then we have to equip the church to go out and be be salt to the earth, be light in the darkness. Yeah. So what else is supposed to be happening during the week after that? So we're empowering the church to literally take the gospel all over the world. And, it, and, it's, and it's amazing what happens when you empower the church to do this. You literally see transform, transformation in communities. Yep. And again, I, my personal opinion is right. too many pastors like to be liked. And I get it. I don't like to have articles about me and, and be yeah. called every name there's in the book. Like, it's, it, like I don't love it. <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah, yeah but it, if they're celebrating you, then you're probably not doing your job too well. Mm. So if wicked politicians, celebrities are all celebrating you, there might be something wrong with your message because Jesus warned of the opposite of that. Yeah, if they all speak well of you, (laughs) it might not be a good thing. Um, Landon, you were telling me earlier uh, a little bit about um, some of the ministries you have at your church as well. Um, Let's talk about the pre-born. Let's talk about uh, June 24th. 2022 baby yeah roe v wade comes crumbling down it's amazing um talk to me about that so the morning uh that roe v wade shut down um i was in my office it was the morning of our women's conference and i hear this wow cry scream yell weird sound coming from my wife's office and i go running in like something's wrong and tears and mascara flowing down her face and uh, she said, it's overturned, it's overturned. And we literally walked into a women's conference together with thousands of women. Oh, wow. And I opened the women's conference and I said, Rose been overturned. And this group Whoa. of women erupted. <laughs> and then we go from that into the Sunday service. Wow. And our church is literally, I mean, just bananas. And our church is wild anyway, <laughs> but the church is going nuts. And then I'm looking on social media like there's going to be like people in the streets. Like right. we've been we've been praying and fasting and believing, but this is decades of answered prayer. You're talking nearly fifty, sixty yeah. million babies yeah. that have been murdered on the altar of Baal yeah. in Baal worship, and and this is a moment of victory, probably the greatest victory we've seen in our lifetime. Yep, and it's crickets. Yeah, I mean Isn't it's it? silent. Yep, 
And I could not believe it. It reminded me of 2 Samuel chapter 6, where David is, is everyone talks about him dancing undignified. He's, he's celebrating the return of the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. that's been in captivity for decades that Saul never tried to get. David brings it back. He's dancing before the Lord, and his wife, Michael, the daughter of Saul, is looking out the w- window with disgust in her heart and mocks her husband. Wow. And so this isn't a time for celebration. You've made yourself Whoa. look like a fool. <laughs> oh my and according to scripture, she never gave birth ever. So we don't know theologically either he never, never had sex with her or she was barren from that day. But she refused to celebrate what God was celebrating. And that's what happened in America with churches yeah. is they refuse to celebrate what God celebrates. And uh, I got a lot of emotions with it because it, it infuriates me, it disgusts me, and then it motivates me all at the same time. Um, mm. Because we have we have a church that has so fallen away from the heart of God that they don't realize that heaven is rejoicing. And then all of wow. the, uh, I don't know what you say in your podcast. They can't hear it. What's that? They can't hear the sounds. They can't hear the celebration. Yeah. They're so far from what moves their father's heart they don't even hear i mean I heard, I heard so many pastors say the most insane things like it's not the time to celebrate yep. and there's going to be hurting women and yep. there's going to be this and that and just and i i just yep. i could not believe it yeah i could not believe it and so we're taking the celebration to another level uh we're starting a ministry uh this year called citizens for life and not only are we going to celebrate every year of, of the overturning, um, but we're going to help churches all over the nation celebrate this. Wow. And so uh, we did um, a, a tour or a march in the city of Dallas. And uh, it was about for a, one year for the one year anniversary. Yeah, a few months ago. Um, and then next year, I mean, we had about 5,000 people marching in the city of Dallas declaring life the place where the death sentence was declared that's right yeah we are declaring life celebrating what god did so we literally like david in second samuel (laughs) 6 took the party to the streets and it was it's been one of the highlights of my year yeah dude i i uh well we got to do something together on that that's incredible i've been telling people landon that i think june 24th needs to become the new march for life why, why are we still marching on the uh, the anniversary of Roe v. Wade when it's been overturned? I love it. It makes no sense. It should move. It Not should only move that, out. but every pastor in America is just gritting their teeth the whole month of June because the world is saying it's Pride, Pride Month. month. Yeah, yeah. And it's no longer Pride Month. We celebrate life. It's Life Month. That's right. See? Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm not, I, you're the first pastor I've heard who's actually like not just said that but done something about it because I've been saying that. It should be June. No, imagine if, June we, imagine if we had thousands of churches all over America, in their cities, doing their own life month marches. Yep, yep. Where the debauchery and perversion is marching in the street, yep. we're marching declaring life, Jesus. Yep. Yep. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Let's okay. go. Because well, the church can't just be against things. That's right. We have to be for things. Yep. And so I, I think it's uh, well, it's time to start celebrating. They, me and uh, our team at the White Rose Resistance, we're fully on board with Let's go. helping with any of that. Because uh, uh, God's you know providentially um, carved out a... A place for me and I, I just I, I'm I'm could have never if you told me in 2020 like you know in two years you know you'll be you'll be booking churches seven months out and pulpits on Sunday mornings on the issue of life I've been like <laughs> yeah shut up you know what I mean and so like I as someone who speaks so regularly to churches it just I just it's it means a lot to me just personally as someone who's been fighting this for my, my almost my whole life Lennon to, to, to see your leadership 
and at your church. It just it blesses me just individually as a person. Um, and I want to say I first saw you uh, preaching at a church on a video and boldly declaring what pastors should be declaring. And so I want to just mutually honor you for what you've been doing um, because you're you're waking up the cowardly. Mm. And so because of what you and your team and your ministry is doing, it's making a massive difference. And so I want to just honor and celebrate you, you as well. Yeah. We got to raise the bar, right? Let's do it. Um, the Gospel Coalition <laughs> put out an article, Landon, right after the overturning of Roe. And I screenshotted it because I was like, that, that can't be, the, that cannot be the title they're running with, <laughs> which is, a, it's the brainchild of Tim Keller. I mean, rest his soul. I mean, he was the, he was the mastermind behind the Gospel Coalition. And bro, the article literally said, now is not the time for the church to beat its chest in a victory in the culture war. Like, that's how they saw it. Now's not the time to be like, glory to you, God. Don't, no, hey, cut that out. You know, hey. Go, go tell women you're sorry they can't kill their children from your pulpit this Sunday. I was like, what? Yeah. And I just pictured like David like holding up the head of Goliath, right? Literally like blood and guts are coming out. Like they're pouring onto his head. Yeah. And I just pictured like, I was like, imagine at that point the Philistine, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tim Keller and Ed Stetzer and Rick Warren come up and say, David, now David, David, the Philistines are really hurting right now. <laughs> They're really demoralized. Now go lay your hands on the Philistine brethren and pray for them. Like that's that's what Christian pastors were telling us to do. Go go weep and mourn with the Moloch worshipers. Go tell them it will be okay. Mourn with them that it will be more difficult to kill babies. And you just go, wow, how far we have so, fallen. <laughs> so for for the, the people that don't understand, Scripture does tell us it's one of the the, the beatitudes to mourn with those. That, that are mourning. Uh, blessed are those that mourn, okay? Um, so so that's biblical. That's right. The problem is this, is the same guys that said that weren't mourning for the murdering of the unborn. Mm. So they just chose one side to attribute that scripture to. Isn't that right? And really what they're, wow. what they're saying is, I've bought in to the worldly culture of perversion and unrighteousness. Wow. That's really what what they're saying. They're 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 taking little scriptures out of context right. or only singly using them. And so, yes, like our church, we need to do more. That's what I love about oh. all these ministries where they are doing stuff with with pregnancy and, and providing options. Um, and there's been this massive tick since Rose been cast down of people having babies that that because it hasn't been as easy as before right but we need massive reform right now that's right like this is this is why we have to get involved yep. uh we have um people in our church involved in politics passing laws Good. and it's fifty thousand dollars to adopt the baby and so difficult and it's free right. to kill him yep and so like we need ref reformation in the adoption industry it's mm. absolutely corrupt yeah but if we don't get involved in in, in do stuff and we're just crying for the people or mourning for the people that want to kill their babies or what, yeah. however you however you put that. Yeah. Um, we're be, we're behind the curve, and so I would say take that that empathy that you have for people, mm. but use it in a godly biblical way that actually makes a difference. That's so good. Tell us a little bit about um, how God has positioned your church now for a lot of righteous um, victories um, in the land called Texas because of obedience. And, and as, as your church has grown and, and you've been preaching the full council and mobilizing people to take action and get involved. 
I think um, you, you, you said a key word, it's obedience. And um, one of my, again, I was raised in the church, I was a pastor's kid, so okay. I've, I've, I've worked for mega churches, like yeah. I, I've seen a lot. And there's this thing that happens where people get too big, where they either get comfortable right. or protective. Hmm. And so it's either, hey, this is, you know, it, we're just gonna keep it moving and just keep it flowing because the church exists to exist rather than exist to really help and change the world. Or um, we're too big, now we have something to lose. And the moment you have yeah. something to lose, whether it's reputation or finances, and here's the thing, um, I love my, my comrades and my fellow laborers in, in the pastoral, but too many are cowards. And Revelations 21 says the first are going to the lake in fire are the cowards. And so there, there's this fear of man that a lot of people in the church world have, and they're afraid to, they're afraid to lose people, afraid to lose attendance, afraid to lose money. And so then they'll begin to do, make decisions based on what pleases people rather than what pleases the Lord. Yeah. So God had to remove a king named Saul who pleased people and find one after his heart that would please him. Yeah. Even from a biblical perspective, it's hmm. arguable, arguably David made more mistakes than Saul made. Interesting. Had greater sins than Saul made, but David's greatest desire was to please the Lord despite his shortcomings. Hmm. God said to uh, about Samuel, I've raised myself up a faithful priest that will minister according to my heart. So you see this, this thing happening all over in scripture that God uses people that have a desire to please him. Wow. And so if that's our heart's desire as pastors to please the Lord, then whatever he tells us to do becomes how we love him and serve him best. Yeah. So if he asks for seats in our city, then we go get the seats for the city. If he asks <laughs> us to, to feed thousands of people, we'll go feed thousands of people. If he asks us to start pregnancy clinics. Wait, so you're not just a pro-birther? Who <laughs> just like, with a, like a, what do they call the fetus obsession? And then when the baby's born, you just couldn't care less? Are yeah. you saying that you like actually love people both sides of the womb, Linda? Yeah. The, the, That's not what WAPO told me about you. Yeah, those, those are, those are, <laughs> those are one-sided quick narratives that have no depth to them. That's right. the, the truth is, is no one adopts more than Christians in the church. No yep. one feeds people more than the Christians in the church. In fact, if the government would just give churches money and stay out of our way, we'd do a much better job of helping people than the government does. <laughs> and so, but it's, it, it's, it's not being afraid of people, not being afraid of losing. Like, what are we doing this for? Wow. And so, what, yeah. and so if it's the funny thing is everyone told me if, if I get in politics, which I don't consider this political, honestly, I, I feel like it's just, it's just Christian. That's right. So these are things that are in God's heart. Yeah, Abortion is not political. Um, th th this is spiritual. So these are spiritual issues of loving people that I take very seriously. And so if I'm not afraid of losing people or people stop giving, or my reputation, I'm dangerous. <laughs> yeah, they come on. <laughs> so, right. so, so the only thing here, here's I look at my success is determined not by the amount of churches I have or how many people I come or who gives what. My success is did I obey the Lord? Yeah. And then my failure will be did I disobey the Lord? Yeah. And so, wow. if that's the paradigm that I'm leading through, you become crazy dangerous yeah. in that's your good. city. And dude, it is wild what we've been able to accomplish with just Christians getting fiery about the things that are on God's heart. Wow. And I want to encourage just any other pastors or leader that are watching, it seems like this like daunting task, like so it's so big, I'm gonna do nothing. Yeah. 
And the truth is, is even the littlest things, even the things that we thought were, were unsuccessful <laughs> or we, we weren't yeah. like victorious at, keep pushing the line. It kept moving the needle until one day we turned around like, whoa, we became very influential yeah. because we just wouldn't stop and we wouldn't give up. Yeah, not good for obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, well, hey, we'll wind down here in a second. I know we're busy, but uh, I, uh, the Lord put something on my heart uh, right before we launched the White Rose Resistance. And so I started telling this um, sort of biblical kind of like options. Um, when we kicked off our White Rose Church tour in the fall of last year, and so we were at, we were Robs and we were Jack Hibbs and um, uh, Jurgen and Awaken, and um, and I I felt like the word that I had to communicate to the church at, at, at right after the overturning of Roe was we have two options now, uh, church in this culture war this culture of death, you you have Lot or Gideon, choose, they each face their own culture war. They each face their own culture of death. Are you going to be Lot or Gideon? Mm. And and uh, it, it, and that it just kind of I don't know why it, it like to this day it continues to frame how I see the two options for the church in America in 2023. You know, you got Lot. He's a Christian influencer. He probably has his blue check mark. He's at the city gates when they come when the angels come to San Francisco, so, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, he takes them to his home, right? And then it says men from all parts of the city came to Lot's house. So every part of culture comes down to that and he would lot was called a righteous man <laughs> so they're coming to the one righteous man's house hey bring the angels out or, uh, they think they're men bring the men out so we can have sex with them and and then lot who who believed the truth and sometimes he'd speak the truth Lennon, and he comes out on his front porch and he says brothers and sisters so he tries to relate to the sexualized mob that wants to bang angels okay lot they're not your brothers and sisters okay stop trying to get crumbs from the table of humanism so you can keep your 501c3 status hey brothers and sisters and then he lobs his truth bomb out there and he says don't do this wicked thing now here are my daughters. Rape them instead. So Lot believed the truth, he spoke the truth, but he wouldn't lay down his life and die on the mat for the truth. And, and as those that he was called firstly to protect and provide for, he gives over his posterity to the, to the sexualized demonic culture of death so he can stay relevant, so that they'll like him. And so Lot becomes in death what, uh, uh, in, so his, Lot's wife becomes in death what he should have been in life, a pillar of salt. We have been doing that in the American church for decades. We've been giving over future generations and the posterity and not defending or protecting them so we can remain relevant and keep our place at the table of, of influence in Sodom. Gideon judges six, hiding out in a cave because God has once again given the Israelites over to be ruled by those who hate them because of idolatry. He's hiding out in a cave because the Midianites, they have Bernie Sanders socialism, so they come and take everything they make, and they make their wheat, and the Midianites take it. So Gideon's hiding in a cave. He's threshing his own wheat, so he's a tax evader, not a Gideon. God comes to Gideon, Judges 6, and he, he says, mighty man of valor. And he reminds him of his identity. First thing he says, he says, mighty man of valor. Now, if I'm Gideon, Landon, I'm thinking, where have you been? Hmm. I thought, where's the milk and honey? This, I mean, this sucks. Everything we make gets taken. I thought I thought this was a theocracy. I thought you were delivering us. I mean, so I'm thinking God's back. So we're gonna make some Midianites heads roll, right? God, come on, theocracy, baby. And Gideon cooks God a meal. God lights it on fire. Gideon freaks out. He says, "Okay, you're God." And then it says, "And that same night, God said, walk out of the cave. Walk out of the cave and go tear down the Asherah poles, and go demolish the Baal statues." God starts with the Israelites' abortions before he starts with anything else. Hmm. He doesn't start with any of their other policies, how they're treating the foreigner in their land. Yes, all that's important. He says, 
tear down the, the orgy statues. Asherah, they worshipped her through orgies. Tear those down. Baal, stop killing the children. I told you I was bringing the savior of the world through your lineage. Stop passing them through the fire. I've kept been telling you over and over again. You go tear those down, and then, then we'll talk. And uh, I feel like post-Roe, that's the two options for the church right now. It's either to continue giving over the posterity to remain relevant or to walk out of the cave. Got goosebumps. So, <laughs> so anyways, uh, I just, I'm just honored to have you on today. And it just it means a lot of somebody who's been pleading with churches for so long to do something about the babies, um, to see what you have been doing through obedience. So. I think there's good news. And um, I think God's been using you. And I think that your voice has been echoing. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you, you brought up Gideon. Gideon starts out with a, a massive army and just whittles, right. whittles it all the way down to 300. Right. And uh, with that 300, uh, God showed himself strong. Mm. And uh, I think that I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. This is the last thing in my heart. Um, when the, the 2020 elections took place, right. it's probably the most grieved I've ever been. Mm. And I'm just like, it's over. It's over. Jesus got it. You just come back. This is over. It's horrible. So I, I, I did a fast. I do every mm. January, I do a 40 day fast. And I go to Washington, D.C. for the first time in my adult life. And wow. I expected it to be like doomsday. It's over. Right. And um, have you ever have you ever been in, in a lake or river and you felt currents of warm water? Yeah. Okay. So I'm walking in D.C., and I would feel currents of the presence of God. Mm. Just like you were sharing what God put on your heart, I just started getting goosebumps and start feeling the heart of God as you were sharing. I started feeling that in DC. And I felt the prayers of the saints. I felt the seeds of freedom in our nation. Mm. And I think that God's gonna do something. Mm. I think that there's gonna be a surprise. I think that we're gonna see a move of God. And I think that we're gonna see more victories. Yeah. And um, there's there's the same way that we saw in COVID that fear is contagious. So is courage. So is courage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one contagi- of my favorite lines. It's contagious. Yeah. And it uh, totally is. So what you're doing is making such a massive impact. And keep going, man. Yeah. Because it's catching on. Amen. And mercy culture. What a great example of courage is contagious, right? Yeah, it is. Awaken church. God speak Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Yeah. Like, what great examples that courage is contagious. It really is. And and after so much cowardice and weakness for so long in the American church, men like you, the, the believers are like, it's attractive because the truth is attractive. Yes. Right? Because we have a Savior and His name is the way, the truth. Yes. So come on. Come on, start preaching the truth. Let's go. You know, and chains will break. So. Anyway, Pastor Landon, thank you, brother, for for joining me today and hanging out with us and uh, excited to hear what the Lord has uh, put on your heart for this this pastor summit. But we need more pastors like you and we need more leaders like you. But um, look at look at what one church, guys, has accomplished um, when mobilized under a common banner. And that banner is obedience and stewardship. Uh, And I just love what you said about when I stopped caring about my influence, when I stopped caring about my money and my access and my safety. That then we become dangerous. What a what a great line. Anyways, good word, brother. See, now I'm starting the podcast all over again. <laughs> uh, Landon, where can people connect with you and Mercy Culture Church? Uh, mercyculture.com, all the information, social links, it's all there. You can find it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, if you want to inspire and uh, 
righteously guilt trip your pastor who might still be silent into learning what courage looks like uh send some clips from mercy culture um pastor landon really preaches the full counsel against all the weird asherah poles i'm sorry the drag queens um and uh, the whole culture of death so uh head over to itunes spotify youtube give us a rating and review it helps us reach more people if you want to subscribe to rumble and insulate us from cancellation that's nice um if you want to get engaged with the white rose resistance go to the white rose.life we're rebuilding christian resistance against the culture of death and mobilizing you as the blood-bought bride of christ to take action in your community against these ancient actually evils and deities uh that are that are being brought back in the name of progress by woke preachers until next week i'm seth gruber and this is unaborted We'll